Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week we're talking all about Instagram. And I have a wonderful guest on the show. So my guest is Sue B. Zimmerman. Sue B. is an insightful, energetic, and in-demand online marketing educator, influencer, speaker, and no BS coach. We met recently at Upreneur Summit when we both spoke on the stage at Chris Ducker's fantastic event. And Sue spoke about her specialist area, Instagram, and it was absolutely fantastic. So, Sue, thank you for coming on the show. It's really great to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be talking with you again. And that was like, what, three weeks ago, a month ago? <laughs> yeah. it, it, you know what? It actually, I feel like it was three weeks ago, but it's it was probably about eight weeks ago time was just flying isn't it um how did you find London how did you find Upreneur Summit oh Chris and I go way back I met Chris here in New England Maine when he spoke at an event called Agents of Change which I then spoke at the following year and I had my hashtag signs I saw Chris Ducker I knew who he was I had his book all about virtual assistants and I was excited to see him it's something about your accent, you guys, from the UK <laughs> that's just like melts when I listen to it. So Chris being as outgoing as I am and as fun and um, just willing to take any kind of photo, we just hit it off. And then he had me on his podcast and then he had me speak in um, Cebu when he did Upreneur in the Philippines. And then he just asked me back to the UK. Oh, I didn't realize that you went out to Tropical Think Tank as well. So, yeah, I've always heard fantastic things about about that event out in the Philippines. It's a shame he's not doing it anymore, isn't it? Oh, but, gosh, that was the <laughs> furthest I've ever traveled to speak. And I brought my husband with me on that trip because on the way back, we stopped in Hong Kong and stayed for a week. And so it was such a lovely event, amazing community beautiful destination and it was like I said the longest travel I've ever done but it was it was fun it's like him um, you know when you travel far for destination weddings it was like a destination event wasn't it like going to this tropical place but people who traveled from all over the world for it and <laughs> yeah it's a shame he doesn't do it but um London was still good though wasn't it it's a great place to um put on such a fantastic event and as I said I heard such great feedback from your talk I mean it was so good and then I heard so many people saying that they'd learned so much and kind of really eager to go off and implement every that you spoke about with Instagram and so um, I just couldn't wait to to bring you on to the the podcast to share lots of tips and advice to everybody who is listening (laughs) so Mm. I guess that everybody who tends to listen to this show uh, are really interested in how they can maximize the return from the time and effort that they put into their content and how they can make sure that they are getting their message out there in lots of different you know locations and formats and so most of us we are 
creating a long form content. So maybe videos, podcasts, blog posts, live streams, perhaps. And then, you know, going all in on long form content. And then how can we get the message of it and the content within it onto other platforms? And Instagram, obviously, such a powerful platform. It's my favorite social media um, platform. Mm. (laughs) And firstly, I wanted to ask you, actually, um, why did you decide to focus all in on Instagram? I am that entrepreneur who is a visual learner and thinker, and I connect so much faster to that emotional pull into just content. So when I had my store on Cape Cod in Massachusetts, I was using a lot of different social media platforms. And then I discovered the power of Instagram and my sales grew tremendously because I was using strategies around hashtags and geolocations seven years ago. And then I decided to teach other business owners how to have the same kind of success using tactics and strategies that really build your business awareness authentically and help you, you know, grow your authority and create community. That's kind of my niche way that I teach Instagram marketing. But I love what you said about content, creating it and then repurposing it in a smart way because I am and has have always been that entrepreneur that likes to work smarter and not harder. And with Instagram, it's so easy to use it now in the four neighborhoods. So whether it's the feed or stories or IGTV or, or live, you can amplify, promote and broadcast the content that you spent a lot of time creating. So whether it's a podcast interview like this or a long blog post, or for me, It starts on YouTube as a YouTube video and we repurpose and I'm excited to teach your audience how to do that. Oh, absolutely. And I think as Instagram has grown and it's gone from the post to having all the features that you said, and I love this of the neighborhoods, that's such a great way of explaining Mm -hmm. it. It was brilliant. But yeah, stories live, IGTV. So uh, let's break it down because I'd love to talk about those four neighborhoods. That's that's the best phrase I've heard for Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's just like that. (laughs) So I thought the analogy to neighborhoods everyone can relate to because everyone lives somewhere and everyone has a certain neighborhood that they like to hang out in. And so the same is true for Instagram. So think of Instagram as a village. And there's now all these different neighborhoods where people are consuming their time. And some people just hang out in stories. And some people like to tune into live broadcast. And some people love watching the long form IGTV. And some people like to scroll through a feed, which I like to say is essentially a digital magazine, really. Uh, The promise that you make in your bio is like the cover of a magazine and your feed is like the pages of that magazine, the promise that you made. And if there is a disconnect from the content that you're sharing in your feed to the promise that you made in your bio, you're going to lose trust. You're not going to attract your paying customers or gain new followers. So it's so important to really be aware of not only the messaging, the copy, the words, but the visuals of the branding and where you show up in each neighborhood, is it consistent to that promise that you're making in the bio? Because if it's not, people will mute your stories because you can mute any story by just simply holding down on the avatar and turning it gray. And if you guys didn't know that, 
you're going to be like, thank you, Sue B. Because <laughs> some people like following feeds and they're like, oh my gosh, this story, this person is not who I thought I followed. So it's just so important to be succinct and on brand. And you and I both know from the event we just spoke at, that was a reoccurring theme throughout all of the speakers is to be on brand, to be you, to be authentic and to get your messaging across in a very consistent way. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. People need to know who you are, what your message is, don't they? And, and what they would go to you for as well if we're on the social media platforms for business. Um, Instagram stories is my favorite neighborhood. Um, I like to hang out there the most. And I remember, um, I love to hear what you think about this, because I'm sure I heard Michael Stelzner say at the opening keynote on, I think it was not last year, this year, social media marketing world, but 2018. He said that people spend 80% of their time in Instagram stories versus looking at content in the, the grid, in the feed. Um, well, is that is that similar to your understanding as well? Yeah. So I think, I mean, last year, he his opening keynote was absolutely all about focusing on Instagram in the previous year. Mm. He did talk about Instagram stories, like you said. In fact, for the last two years, I've spoken about Instagram stories. And this year, 2020, I'm going to do the same. And it's my seventh year talking about Instagram at this amazing event. And I, you know, there's 500 million daily Instagram stories curated. And so there's so many mistakes that I see people making that we can talk about if you want. And then there's just this really great opportunity to connect connect deeper with your audience using tactics like, you know, the geolocation sticker, the hashtag sticker, the engagement stickers. And to all of your listeners, I have a YouTube channel, subizimmerman.com slash YouTube. And there's over 350 videos. And I would say my last 20 have a lot to do with Instagram stories and the engagement that you can really heighten from using it strategically. I'll make sure that I link to that because that sounds extremely useful for everybody. So what would you say are your main tips for, let's say you have a weekly um, podcast, let's say you have a podcast just like this, what would you recommend would be Instagram strategies in stories for the promoting and, you know, repurposing of the podcast content? So, we do this. I'm going to use the example that we do for our YouTube. So if you're a podcaster, just simply take what I'm saying, take notes and understand the process and the strategy around it. So we are committed. And when I say we, I have a team of 10. It's not just me. And mm -hmm. so as a team, we've decided to go all in on our YouTube content for the reason, the main reason that YouTube's owned by Google and when people search keywords like Instagram education, Instagram speaker, Instagram expert, I come up very quickly. And so I've been asked to speak at events. I've had brand partnerships, sponsorships, people finding me, paying coaching clients from simply searching on Google. So YouTube has more power than Subi Zimmerman's blog, although everything we do on YouTube is repurposed to our website, our home. It's so important to do that. But we create content 
consistently every single Monday, we drop a new YouTube video. And from that YouTube video, we also create a trailer that you will see in my feed. So if you look, it's very consistently on brand every Monday. And that trailer teases people to get them to go to YouTube. So we want all the engagement on YouTube. You get a good 24 hours on YouTube to get the juices going. You want people to watch through to the end. You want them to thumbs up the video and comment comment on YouTube. So my goal every Monday is to really focus on bringing attention and eyes and conversation to that video. I'm always teaching typically under five minutes on that YouTube video because time is money and we we know that people have limited time and we've discovered that under five minutes is our sweet spot on YouTube. So, uh, you know, market research to pay attention to what people are saying and the actions that they're taking. And we've been doing this consistently for years. So from that YouTube video, there's the post in the feed. And then throughout the day, before 3 p.m. EST, I talk about that video and what's in it for the listener. So I have a certain branded saying, you know, happy Monday, happy Instagrammers. Every Monday, people know that they're going to expect a video and they look, they wait for it. They love it. They tell me that they can't wait for Monday. And so I, on Monday, that is my story. My storyline is all about bringing attention and eyeballs to that YouTube video, to that post in my feed. And then when I get close to 3 p.m. EST, I'll start talking about my live. So I have a branded hashtag, hashtag Subi Live. I even have a GIF. If any of you search SBZ or Subi in the GIFs in stories, you'll see all of my graphic GIFs that are really fun. Again, being on brand and being consistent and standing out. So I will talk about the guests that I'm going to be bringing onto my live broadcast if I have any, and I'll let people know that I'm going live. I'll remind them because a lot of people like you stay in stories and watch stories and they don't necessarily always see my feed posts. So it's important to echo and and talk about what is important and relevant in your feed post that lives on forever in your story. So I will do that and then drive traffic to the live. Now, when I'm in the neighborhood, the live Instagram live, I will be um, live broadcasting at 3 p.m. EST every Monday. I do take holidays off and, you know, yeah. we do take a break, guys. Mm-hmm. It's not like literal, literally, but you can look for that. And then we um, I get on that live broadcast. Typically, it's 30 to 45 minutes. I have guests. I talk about strategies, tactics, why I did that YouTube video, what's in it for you. And I always, always, always teach something at the end that I've never taught anywhere else. It's usually a ninja tip or a tactic and people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you told me this. And if you don't watch my live, you don't hear it. And if you don't tune into the replay, it goes away in 24 hours. So I really create community and bring people on that live broadcast, typically getting 300 people on live and then hundreds more through that replay period, sometimes up to a thousand, depending on my guests, because I encourage my guests to share the live when we're live. Why? <laughs> because if they share to their followers. I get more eyeballs on the live. I get more followers. I get more people seeing my content. And Amy, you probably would agree with this, but it is our job as the content creator to tell people what we want them to do. It's not their job to figure it out. So I'm constantly, you know, I say I'm like that bossy Boston chick because I (laughs) kind of am bossy, but it's in 
a loving way because I want people to take action knowing that it's in their best interest. There's no ego here. It's this is what you need to do if you want to have results on Instagram. And that's how I teach it in all four neighborhoods. And when so when you um, have the video, the YouTube video, and you um, repurpose it over into firstly the um, the feed into the grid into your post, do you take a less than one minute clip from it and put it into square format and and do all of that reformatting of the video? We, so so we do we take that video and I have an edit I have a copywriter that that literally creates our blog that lives on our website. We also tweet about it, post about it uh, in link in our Facebook group for more engagement. I have a VIP Facebook group for my Ready, Set, Grand program. So we make sure that all the community members are in the know. But I think the most brilliant thing that I've started doing, two things, Amy, I want to tell your listeners. If anybody listening has a YouTube channel, the best thing that I've done, and this advice came from Amy um, Landino, um, who is a, a YouTube rock star, and she just wrote a new book all about productivity. She And she spoke at Youpreneur last year. Do you know Amy? Yes, I do. Yeah. She okay, spoke, cool. Yeah. She told yeah. me, Sue, you're hysterical. Keep your bloopers in. People will watch your videos <laughs> just to watch your bloopers. And so all of my bloopers, because I am so not perfect, people, um, my videos are edited really well, but there are a lot of bloopers. So people are like, oh, my God, your bloopers are hysterical. So <laughs> this is how I get my watch time. That's number one. Number two is I came up with this great way to celebrate other people because I believe the more you shine the light on others, the more the light shines on you. I said this at Upreneur. It was my last, like before I left the stage, I truly believe this. And so what I encourage every single person to do that watches my YouTube video to leave a comment and at mention their Instagram handle. Why? Because everyone else leaving comments will now be able to read your comment and know exactly what your Instagram account is and come over and find you versus your Gmail account name that typically is not your Instagram handle. And also I take screenshots of all the awesome comments and we have a system internally where we really save and organize all of our testimonials for various reasons. And we use those screenshots in future YouTube videos, giving shout outs. I say the name of the person, their name of their Instagram account and what they do. So it really encourages people to leave a comment and leave their Instagram handle. And so this is me being proactive at how can I get more comments? How can I get more juice? How can I get more eyeballs on this YouTube, which will, you know, be seen over and over and over again and live on the internet forever. And so this has been our strategy, Amy. Is there anything you just learned or heard that you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that? Oh yeah, I mean that's such a great idea, and um, you know it really encourages people to comment, doesn't it? And I love the fact that you you give the shout outs, and people really appreciate that. And saving those testimonials, it's it, there's so many different ways. You should always screenshot the good comments and the the positive uh, the positivity that's coming your way, shouldn't you? It's really important not to lose that. Um, and uh, the bloopers, it's um, a great thing to do. Do you do you keep the bloopers in? Like as in, do you do you save them and put them at the end like the movies do, where they show like the the bits that didn't make the film at the end, or how do you keep them in to the video? So my my yeah. videographer edits all of them and right. she puts them in. I have no <laughs> idea which one she's adding. Sometimes yeah. I'll say, sometimes I say, do not put that in there. <laughs> but for the most part, she has 
she has the ability to do whatever she wants. Oh, yeah. And you can share them as standalone as well. I've done a few podcast episodes on just on the concept of repurposing bloopers and, you know, not casting mistakes aside because, you know, it just brings out the humor and shows transparency and authenticity of who you are and everything. So I'm a big fan of that. (laughs) Now, with Instagram stories, you said that once you've repurposed the, the video and shared that on your site and you've created the blog post and everything like that, you'll be on stories talking about the most recent video do you put snippets of the video or is it always you know just more behind the scenes raw content of you talking about the most recent youtube video i will i'll take screen records of of the youtube video and what was talked about on the live yeah. So if my guest says something really profound that's worth sharing in stories, I'll get a screen record like I did yesterday. So yesterday I did my live because it was Monday. I had on um, Max, who's a podcaster from Hippo Direct, and he talked about a previous episode that he interviewed me on. So what did I do? I screen recorded that and I linked his episode so that my listeners could easily listen to that by simply swiping up. Yeah. And that's a great thing to so when people have that feature as well. Not everyone has it straight away, do they? But when you do get that swipe up feature, it's a great call to action. It's, a, it's one of the things that many people, if we don't have, we really wish that we did have this swipe up option. Um, in Instagram stories, do you um, have tips for, there's loads of different engagement features, aren't there? So so good, you know, ask me anything, rating sliders, um, polls, all that kind of thing. What do you see works well for engagement with that those kinds of features do you have any tips for using them yes yeah, so engagement stickers in my mind are really the gold in instagram stories if yeah. they're used correctly a lot of people tell me they don't get engagement no one does their poll no one does their ask a question or use the slider and it's because of the way that you're asking people to engage, you've got to get really specific with what you want them to do. And you got to make it easy for them to want to ask a question. It cannot be too general. So when you do get questions and asked and people taking your poll, those are your warm leads. People are literally, literally stopping in their tap forward to engage. They like what you're saying, what you're doing, what you're sharing, and they are interested. So it's your job as the content creator to go over and check them out. Is this someone that you are trying to attract? Start a conversation. I believe that conversations lead to opportunities and opportunities lead to conversions. And you need to be proactive here, not just, you know, do it and do nothing with that information and those connections. Yeah, I completely agree. And what advice do you give people who want to start making more use of hashtags within, um, let's start with stories. Do you have any tips and advice on hashtag strategies for Instagram stories? Well, you can use 11 hashtags in your stories and you should go broad in stories. You should not be going niche, which is the complete opposite of what I teach in the feed because stories, if you want it to get picked up in a story reel, it needs to be more broad. So, so yeah. broad for me is Boston businesswoman. Uh, broad for me is lady boss or women empowerment, women who lead, not necessarily, um, you know, red, um, a local hashtag or something niche and small because it won't get picked up by the stories. 
Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that makes complete sense. Do you find that people do follow hashtag stories? Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, I have people that come up to me that say, I found you from searching Boston, from from following Boston. I'm moving to Boston and I found you and you're funny and I love following you and you know so much. Like Mm -hmm. I have conversations from people who have found me from the, the hashtag Boston or the geolocation. Yeah, yeah I, I I notice a difference if I don't put hashtags and if I do, which shows, you know, clearly people were following hashtag stories because there's always quite a, a big difference between um, using them and not using them. Now, you said that uh, it completely makes sense what you said about going really broad with um, hashtags in stories, but that's the opposite advice you would give for the feed. So do you advise purely niche um hashtags in the feed or more of a mixture how what's the strategy the best strategy for that in the feed yeah yeah it's really important to get very niche with hashtags i can give you my partner affiliate link to an amazing company in the uk who we've partnered with and we talk about in our pro our ready set grand pro um Instagram course, and it literally helps you go niche, 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 and teaches you the best strategies to find the best hashtags for your industry. Oh, is it um, is it a tool that you can use for hashtag? Yes, it's a tool, and there's a seven-day free, um, free trial that I'm going to send you. Oh, yeah, please. And what did you say it was called? It's called Flick. Flick. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've kind of experimented a little bit with Flick. So yeah, that would be great. We we didn't really go all in at the time. We were just kind of playing around with it a bit as we were playing around with other tools as well. But um, but yeah, so your recommendation really is to, if you can, use a tool like Flick in order to do off Instagram hashtag research and then bring the research findings over for when you're posting. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, if you're just going to do initial research within Instagram itself without using a tool, is your recommendation really just, you know, to look at the hashtags other people are using and, and just go down various rabbit holes and, and then look at no, the... No, no rabbit no. holes. I don't like rabbit <laughs> I say, no. um, you know, find hashtags that are relevant to your business and look at the content in that hashtag hub. And if it doesn't look good, like if you do social media, that looks like throw up because there's yeah. hamburgers and Nike sneakers. People tend to crash tag hashtags that are popular. So stay away from the popular hashtags or you just will never get seen by the right people. Yeah. Like we always say that if it has over 1 million, we kind of avoid it. Is that a good strategy or should it be? It really depends on your business and how many followers you have and where you are positioned. Okay. Um, I have a lot of YouTube videos. If you want to search my name with hashtag, there's a, like four or five that I've done that I think your listeners will, will love listening to with, with with beginner strategies and some more advanced ones. Brilliant. Okay. I shall put links to those in our show notes as well. That sounds fantastic. And um, something that we haven't spoken about. So moving away from hashtags, we've talked a little bit about stories, which has been great and the posts. What about IGTV? Are you posting the YouTube video over there onto IGTV? No, I'm not. I want people on YouTube. And so my IGTV strategy is to have completely different content on IGTV than anywhere else. And a lot of this is me as a successful business owner and some of my um, just methodologies and philosophies and the, you know, just 
core values so that people get to feel more intimately connected with me. And, you know, I have a channel with a lot of videos that you can um, really learn from. I mean, so many. My IGTV videos are all transcribed so that, I mean, the biggest mistake people make with their videos is that 80% of people don't even listen because they can't. They're in a public place. So you need to have transcriptions on them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we always say that, especially, you know, if you're putting them onto social in particular, then you have to get the captions on, the uh, subtitles on, don't you? Um, with IGTV, um, it's really interesting you said, well, no, because I want people to watch the YouTube video. So uh, obviously when they first started IGTV, it was vertical only format. And then I know last year they did make it possible for you to put uh, horizontal landscape videos into IGTV as well. Well. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of, I guess, people were saying, well, it's going to become flooded now with p- p- YouTube videos that people will just repurpose because suddenly without having to do a lot of editing and rework in order to put them into vertical format, they'll go over there. And I know IGTV going into the vertical platform space. So it's because they really wanted to encourage native video, isn't it? Like more immersive video and more native because it wasn't possible to just, well, it was, but you had to put a bit more work into slam a YouTube video over there. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that really your recommendation for most people that you should try and create more native IGTV specific content as opposed to repurposing a a YouTube Yeah, I I definitely think native. Um, I'm actually in 2020, we're upping our IGTV strategy. We're going to make it a little bit more um, polished with editing and B-roll and a little bit more stylized than it currently is. Yeah. And I, I, I think uh, we're going to try and do a bit more on IGTV. And the the feature, the change that I loved in the last year has been that ability to post that video to IGTV and select that the first, it was minute, but now it's increased beyond a minute, isn't it? You can see it two minutes now, but the first section of the video will show as a post, an Instagram post, won't it? And then when that gets to a certain point, you have to click to jump over to IGTV to see the rest of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really driven you know more people over to IGTV hasn't it yeah I mean anyone without 10,000 followers can link in their story to their IGTV so I that's a great it's a great opportunity for anyone yeah so you can link in your story or you can or you can do the um the post and then show it as a minute or so down so either way they're just finding more ways to make it less stuck on an island it's and, and actually build a few more bridges over to it only basically so that more people go over there but I do think um there are and I think if people don't have a particularly big um YouTube presence and are trying to decide whether to start on YouTube or start on uh, IGTV do you think some yeah people it's easier should... to start on IGTV for sure yeah a YouTube commitment is a huge commitment and if you don't have the capacity or bandwidth to to stay consistent and do the work it's it's going to be very difficult yeah yeah it is it, it's a youtube is the longer term benefits as you said um and the related search features with google and everything like that but 
you have to be in it for the long term to get the long term benefits, don't you, as well? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so, so much that we could talk about, but um, I'm sure we could talk for hours because you know mm-hmm. so much about Instagram and I love to find out about Instagram, but, you know, we can't talk for hours. So um, I'll, I'll finish uh, two final questions. Yes. Um, if somebody who is just starting out on their Instagram journey, um, what one tip would you give for just starting to grow that audience on Instagram? One thing that they could focus on. I would focus on market research and not getting caught up in a theme or what am I going to do? Like really researching hashtags, researching your industry, see what everyone else is doing and see, think about how you can stand apart from everyone else who does what you do and then come up with a strategy and then start posting. Yeah, absolutely love that. Thank you. (laughs) And the final question. So um, it's so funny to say, where should people go to find out more? Because, of course, Instagram. But um, is there any, you know, apart from following you on Instagram and following you, obviously, we've talked extensively about YouTube. Is there anywhere in particular you would like to direct people aside from those? Yeah. So what I like to do on my interviews on these podcasts is I want to meet each and every one of you tuning into this, which is great. I would love for you to come over to Instagram at the Instagram expert and just comment on any of my posts and at mention Amy, her Instagram account, Amy, it's, it's content 10 X, right? It is. Yep. Yeah. And let us know what was your biggest takeaway. Or if you have a question, you can ask me in the DM. I would love to connect with each one of you. Those who are action takers do this and it's how we all build community and how we make this the, the world a happier place and more connected. I absolutely love it. Thank you, Sue. That's fantastic. <laughs> so mm-hmm. please do do that. I really recommend everyone does that. Um, that's It's been brilliant talking to you. Thank you so much. And I will put lots of links in the show notes and remind everyone of some of these important points as well. So thank you so much, Sue, for coming on. I really do appreciate it. You are so welcome. It was my pleasure. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that discussion. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe if you haven't already and even leave a review. That would be really appreciated as well. Now to let you know, my new book, Content 10X, More Content, Less Time, Maximum Results is now available to purchase. You can get that over on Amazon or if you head to content10x.com forward slash book. I'm getting loads of really great reviews coming in from the book already. So thanks so much to those of you who've already purchased it and left reviews. It really is the ultimate guide to content repurposing and you can discover all sorts of tips and tricks for how to repurpose pretty much any type of content in the book. If you're interested in our fully end-to-end content repurposing service, then head on over to content10x.com as well, where you can find out lots about that. And also give me a follow over on social media. I'm at content10x on all of the social media platforms. So again, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I'll catch you in the next one.